Good evening, everyone. I hope y'all are able to come on in. Your boy. Good evening. Okay. Clemens, hey, Damika, Myra, how are you all doing this evening? Listen, um, y'all can can y'all just come on and say, hey, it's just Halloween. <laughs> y'all excuse the hair. Yes, it's in a ponytail. And I took my little braids out. Gave myself a little, a little, a little afro puff back there in the back. 
<laughs> gave myself a little puff ball back there in the back so all right y'all ready are y'all ready are you ready are you ready are you ready are y'all ready listen okay so for some of you that um some of you that have maybe turning in for the first time um and you don't know you know what i'm doing um you don't know where this is coming from um let me just explain let me just explain a little bit okay so All right, let me see. For some of you that are tuning in for the first time, I tried to see if, um, let me just go ahead and uh, let me do this. Um, Okay, so, all right. Hey, Prophetess Kiana, how are you? Okay, so, listen, I, I usually, I'm, I, I'm usually not on here long on this series because, like I said, this is a social media workshop on your marriage is unbalanced. And so, when the Lord gave me this, um, I wanted to try to bring marriages, you know, husband, wives, to be balanced um, with each other, to realize that sometimes the husband is up here and the wife is down here, or sometimes the wife is up here and the husband is down here, but this is where you need to be. And you need to be able to balance out one another. Like if you're weak in one area, 
your spouse should be able to strengthen you. If your spouse is in one area, you should be able to strengthen them. You always need to, both of you can't be depressed. Both of you can't have some disagreements. Both of you can't be unequally yoked. At the end of the day, if there is one a believer and the other is not, then the one that is a believer has to be the light, has to be the light to bring their their spouse out of darkness, to bring them into a greater place, to, to help, you know, see them through to where they need to be, right? And so it, it, it really doesn't matter if it's the husband or, or if it's the wife, you've got to be on the same page. Now, let me explain that. The difference between being on the same page and being unequally yoked. Unequally yoked really means that one's a believer and one is not. But you both have to be able to, you both have to um, believe in the, the uh, Jesus Christ. You both have to believe in the Son of God. You have to believe in God the Father. You have to believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You both have to believe in, in the Word of God. But what happens when you marry someone that's an unbeliever? What happens when you marry someone that you're a Christian and then they're an atheist? What happens when you marry someone that you're 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 a Presbyterian and they are Methodist? What happens when you marry someone that's a Baptist and then so the other individual is Pentecostal? So you're you're not going to be on the same page because you have to understand that every religion don't believe in the same thing. It's like if you have a Jehovah Witness and then they're going to marry um uh, a Pentecostal. So you're just not going to be on the same thing on the same page with one another. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're a leader. It doesn't matter if you're a, a family member. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are when it comes to being unequally yoked. Unequally yoked simply means that you are separate in some areas and that you don't need to be separate in the areas. Unequally yoked do not does not mean that because they like now laters and you like Mr. Goodbars that you are not compatible. That's not being unequally yoked. Unequally yoked does not mean that you like the color blue and they like the color red. That's not unequally yoked. Unequally yoked does not mean that you like a four course meal and they like to eat fast food. In those areas, you can learn how to accept those likes and those dislikes. But when you are unequally yoked, that, that there's something that goes against God, right? That goes against the word of God. You know, that right there. Some people say, oh my God, he's a he's a politician and you're not. You're unequally yoked. No, that does not mean you're unequally yoked. That's not what that is talking about. And so many times you got to be able to, matter of fact, let me just go there just for a second. Since I'm there, let me just go there. Let's just go to, let's just go, let's just go straight to the scripture, okay? So let's just go to second, let me just go there right quick before I get into the lesson. Since I'm there, let me just stay right there for a second. So second Corinthians, let me just explain that because some of, some of you, y'all just be like, oh, nah. so let me just break this on down so that you will all know exactly what the scripture is talking about. And so listen, spiritual separation for believers, listen. The concept of separation from evil is fundamental to God's relationship with his people. According to the Bible, separation involves two dimensions, one negative and the other positive. A, separating ourselves morally 
and spiritually from sin and from everything that is contrary to Jesus Christ, righteousness and God's word. The second thing is drawing near to God in a close and intimate fellowship through prayer, through worship, through the word and through loving service. Separation in this twofold sense results in a relationship where God is our heavenly father who lives with us and is our God. And we in turn are his sons and daughters, which leads to 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. Hey, um, uh, Ms. Key, how are you? So the, the first thing is in the Old Testament, God's people were called to be holy different and separated from other people in order to belong to God as his very own, right? The second thing is in the New Testament, God calls believers to be separate from the corrupt world system and from unholy compromise. Also from those in the church who sin and refuse to repent from it's also um separate from the false teachers from the false churches or from cults who teach error and deny biblical truths that's an unbeliever an unbeliever is a person who does not believe in the lord who does not believe that jesus is the son of god who does not believe that Jesus Christ died on this on the cross for our sins. An unbeliever is a person who rejects righteousness, who rejects the right teachings, who rejects holiness. That is an unbeliever. An unbeliever is not somebody who doesn't like your color because they like this color. An unbeliever is not because their favorite number is six and your favorite number is seven. An unbeliever is someone who know that they're supposed to do good, but they wind up being bad. So our attitude and separation must be one of a, a hatred towards sin, unrighteousness in the corrupt world system. Opposition to false doctrine genuine love for those from whom we must separate and fear of god as we pursue holiness so the purpose of separation is that we as god's people might persevere in faith have purity and godly love they must love god with an undivided heart and be light in darkness Unbelief, and then hold on. The purpose of separation is that we, as God's people, might persevere in faith, have godly love, love God with an undivided heart. We must be light in a dark, be the light in an unbelieving world, be a light and testify about the truth and the blessings of the gospel. So, if we separate ourselves properly, God Himself rewards us by drawing near with His protection, blessing, and fatherly care. 
He promises to be everything that a good father should be. He will be our counselor and God. He will love and cherish us as his own children. The refusal of believers to separate themselves from evil will inevitably result in the loss of fellowship with God, have the acceptance of, uh, by the father and of our rights as children. So if you wanna be the heir of God, then you can't be an heir to the world. So let me read that now. So yeah, I have a commentary. I have a um, study Bible. So that right there, spoke just in time. So 2 Corinthians 6, starting at the 14th verse, it reads, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness? And what conqueror hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters saith the lord almighty so i didn't say it they didn't say it she didn't say it he didn't say it the lord said it so if the lord calls us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers then why would you marry someone who doesn't believe in god you believe in god but they don't believe in god Here's your teaching of what you've been taught, but they don't believe in that teaching and what they've been taught. So you're going to have division. You're going to have discord. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to be unbalanced because both of you are going to try to win. Both of you are going to try to win one another to each other's place of religion or place of relationship with the Lord. And somebody's got to be wrong. And so instead of the other individual seeking the word out for themselves, that's where confusion comes in at. Oh, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm going. So let me just read this in layman terms for some of you to be like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Well, why would he do that? Well, this, that, and the other. And woo-woo-woo. Because see, here's what you need to understand. So I read that in the King James Version. So let me read this in the Message Version. Listen to this. Don't become partners with those who reject God. Don't become partners with those who reject God. Why? Because this is the reason. This is this is this is what happens. Because when you love somebody, you tend to going to want to go in the direction that they want they want you to go into. But when you are solid in your faith and you are solid in your walk and you are solid in who you are and who God called you to be, you're not going to let somebody, listen, no one shall separate us from the love of God. But when you are married to someone or they are your partner and you start out serving God, you know who God is, you're right there. But because they'll come in and persuade you to go and do something else they'll make you believe drinking is fine 
They'll make you believe smoking weed is fine. They'll make you believe going to the club and turning it up is fine. They'll make you believe that you ain't got to do all that. They'll make you believe that you ain't got to go into the house of the Lord. They'll make you believe that you ain't got to give your tithes and your offerings. They'll make you believe that you don't have to sing in the choir. Or you don't have to do any of those things. They'll make you believe that you don't even have to go into the house of the Lord. That you can serve God right there in your living room all by yourself. They'll literally make you believe that when scripture tells us in Hebrews 10 and 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Listen to what 26 says. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So therefore, don't marry somebody that you know they don't serve the God that you serve. If you listen, it, it, it's, it's funny. This is funny right here because I remember when I'll get back to that in a second. But I remember when my kids started dating, they, they were in high school. I didn't let them date when they were in elementary or middle school or anything like that. But when they got into high school, listen to them, they got like four, well, 15 and 16 years old. And, you know, they get these little boyfriends, these little girlfriends. And then I'd say, bring them to church. And they're like, I'm not going to bring them to church. Why would you not bring them to the church? Are you ashamed? But no, I just don't think that we need to bring them to the church. <laughs> it used to be the funniest thing. Hey, it used to be the funniest thing ever. They used to be so mad. But I, but I would do that because I wanted to know where their belief was. You know, if they are churchgoers, you know, if they believe in God, like, who are they? But what happens when they be like, I'm not going to invite them to church. I'm not going to do that. And then they just be like, whatever. <laughs> it's a, it's to a make them super mad. But I, I say that to say that's how you can tell um, who's a believer or not. If, if they don't mind going to church with you, if they don't mind serving who you serve, then why would they not want to go to church? Hey, Providence Marie, why would you not want why would you not want them to go to church? Why? Why would you not want them to go to church? So what happens is we 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 do. And and I, I listen, I just read it to you. Listen, do it said don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Hello, somebody. That's not partnership. I said it earlier. You know what? This is not where I was going, but I believe this is where I'm at. So I'm going to stay right here because we're talking about your scale is unbalanced. But if you need your scale to be balanced, then you're going to have to be the light that the Lord has called you to be in. And then you got to have faith and wait on God to change and shift some things. But if you, if you do, if you know it in the beginning, and I just said it to you in Hebrews chapter 10, I need to put that in there. Y'all need to go back and read that. Y'all, somebody always say, 
Well, we're in the Bible that say we got to go to church. Well, here you go. Because here's the thing, though. We are the church. He's not talking about a building. He's not saying to go in a building and this is where you got to be. He's saying get with some believers that will pray you through, that will walk with you, that will pray with you, that will be in the trenches with you when you're going through. Listen, how can you be warm without the other? How can two walk together unless they agree? You can't do this thing on your own. But when you got somebody that's going to pull you out of the faith, that's going to pull you away from God, that's going to pull you away from your teaching, guess what? It's going to be war. Because that's not partnership. Because when you get married, you're supposed to agree. Y'all should be able to do them things. Listen, I, I just told y'all that because they cook and you don't cook, that, that, that's, not, that's not an unbeliever. That's not what that means. But listen, so... Again, it says, is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. Now listen to what God said. Listen, so when um, so when Paul was, was teaching and talking, he was like, okay, you ain't got to listen to what I'm saying, but let me tell you what God said. So God said, I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. You can't compromise holiness. You can't compromise righteousness. You can't compromise right. You can't compromise good. Jesus said either you're going to love one or hate the other. Because you can't serve God and mammon too. Listen. He said, don't link up with those who will pollute you. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. That means who will destroy you. That means who will defile you. That means who will separate you from the love of God. So listen, in Romans, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, in Romans 8, listen to this. In Romans 8, and I'm going to start at the... I'm going to start at 31st verse. Listen, let me put this with you. Y'all need to write these scriptures down. I'm telling y'all, or y'all write them down or go back, go back and read it. Just go back and read it for yourself because it's, it's going to bless you. It's going to bless you. Listen, so if, if the Lord says, if the Lord says, don't link up with those who will pollute you, God says, I want you all to myself. God don't share. Who good God? That's a message within itself. God don't share. And if God doesn't share, you don't have to share. Spiritually or physically. You don't have to share. If God don't share, you don't share. Listen. Romans 8 and 31 says, what shall we then say to, the, to these things? 
If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yeah, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter nay in in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord so if we are more than conquerors why do we let people come in and separate us why do we let principalities come in and separate us why do you allow people to come through to cause your marriage to be unbalanced and why would you allow your husband to cause an unbalanced why would you allow your wife to cause an unbalanced because when you know the word of god and you're living for the word of god and god said if you dwell in me i will dwell in you if i am for you then who can be against you so therefore you must allow the holy spirit to intercede for you on your behalf because nothing shall separate you from the love of god but when you marry outside of what you believe and you know they're walking in darkness and you're walking in the light then you must make a conscious decision i need my marriage to be balanced out i need our scale to be balanced so how can what now how what can i put on the scale if my scale is like this how can i what can i put on this scale this is the husband or the wife what can i put on this scale to balance so where we can be balancing each other whether it's in our relationship whether it's in our marriage whether it's in our children whether it's in our finances whether it's in our ministries whether it's in the house of the lord whether it's with the leaders how can i or what can i put on this scale 
to bring balance to my marriage, to bring balance to my husband, to bring balance to my wife. What do you need to put on that scale? The love of God, righteousness, holiness. Holiness is right. Righteousness is right. The light of the Lord is right. The light of Jesus is right. The Lamb of God is right. Jehovah Jireh is right. That's what you put on the scale to bring balance to your home, to bring balance to your life, to bring balance to your children. And mind you, every now and again, it may start to weigh its way out. The weights may be off. But like Hebrews 12 and 1 tells us, let me just go ahead and read it. Hebrews 12 and 1. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about. Listen, let me put that in here. Hebrews 12, 1, 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, I need you to balance, to weigh out my balance. Lord, I need you to weigh out my balance. Lord, I need you to weigh out my scale. Listen, it says, Jesus, I mean, the Lord said, don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master. He signed it. God. So at that moment that you are in a relationship and you desire to be married, you must understand that in God's eyes, people ultimately are divided into two categories, those who are in Christ and those who are not. Believers are instructed not to be partnered or in intimate association with unbelievers. This includes partnership in business. Lord, help me, Jesus. This includes partnership in business, secret orders such as lodges, dating, marriage and close friendships. A Christian's association with unbelievers should be only such as is necessary for social or economic existence or to show unbelievers the way of salvation. So it's just like, it's just like if I go to a restaurant and I'm sitting there and I'm ordering my food, that's a social association. I'm not in partnership with them, 
but I'm in fellowship with them because they're my waiter. And the light in me may bring something inside of them that will know or, or, or change their whole attitude or their behavior or whatever the case may be. We're supposed to be a light to those who are in darkness. But if we're doing what they're doing, then we can't say that we're a believer and that they're an unbeliever. We are an unbeliever just like they are an unbeliever. But don't allow the unbeliever to come in and change you from being a believer to an unbeliever. When you're supposed to bring, you're supposed to be the believer and bring them to believe. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So that was not even in my notes, but I'm just saying at the end of the day, this is where we are and this is what we're doing. Hey, Jonathan, good to see you on here. So, so what you have to understand is no, I like that top lock. I think I lost it. I'm sorry. Yeah. So what we have to understand is this, you can't be with, you can't be a believer and be with an unbeliever. That's just the word of God. That's just what it is. We may, listen, as of right now, you may not understand it because you're not in that place. But if you need to be in that place, then you need to understand, but you got to read the word for yourself. So it doesn't matter what um what version of scripture you read it in god doesn't want to separate it from him but when you have unbelievers that are in a dark place that are living in a dark world that's what happens we're supposed to draw them to a christ they're not supposed to draw us to satan listen so what is a Bilal? A Bilal is without benefit, worthlessness. It is used in the Old Testament as an adjective describing scoundrels. But the New Testament times, it had become another name for Satan. So whether you are, whether they are a scoundrel or whether they are Satan, you're not supposed to be walking with Satan. You're not supposed to be walking with scoundrels. You're not supposed to be holding hands with unbelievers. What did I, what did I say? What, 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 what was it, it going to do? What did, what did I say it was going to do? Well, let, me, let me find it. Where I said it's going to bring war. Listen, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's a war. When you are when you are walking or working with an unbeliever, that's not partnership. That's war. You're always going to be in a disagreement. You're always going to be in a quarrel. You're always going to complain. You're always going to debate. It's always going to be a back and forth. Because each person is going to try to be right. But when you're walking on the same page, no, you don't know. Thank you, Holy Spirit. No, you don't become a yes ma'am. You don't become a yes man. What you become is you share your opinions. You share your ideas. And then you learn how to listen. Isaiah, I keep saying this. I'm about to teach on this. Isaiah 1, 
and it tells us, come on, let us reason together. And that's the thing. You got to, you got to learn how to reason with one another. You got to be able to be open and to be honest to say, well, I don't agree with that. Well, then if you don't agree with that, let's come up with another solution. It's not going to cause you to argue, but you got to have an open mind to be able to understand where they're coming from because everybody is not evil. Everybody is not kicking against you. Everybody's not trying to hurt you. We got to learn how to reason together. God is a God of order. And that's scripture. That, 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 let, let, let me help you out. Let me, let me help y'all out. Cause I believe it's over in, uh, first Corinthians. What is it then? Uh, let me see. Yeah. It's first Corinthians. Let me, let me help you out. First Corinthians, first Corinthians 14, 33. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. First Corinthians 14. And I'm going to read 31, 32, 33, and 34. No? Okay. Let me, let me, let me go, let me go farther than that. First Corinthians. Y'all need to go back and read these scriptures. First Corinthians 14. And I'm, I'm just going to start at uh, 31. 31 through 40. There we go. Listen. 1 Corinthians 14, 31 through 40. It says, for you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Oh, I need y'all to hear me. I need y'all to hear me. I need y'all to hear me read this word. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. 34 says, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. That does not mean women can't preach. That does not mean women can't teach. That does not mean women can't evangelize. That does not mean women can't prophesy. Women can't lay hands. What that mean is a bunch of the women was causing havoc, causing confusion in the church. And they were told to go home and ask questions to your husbands because y'all are causing confusion and when you don't understand something what happens you have confusion oh i'm talking about your scale is unbalanced and i need my scale to be balanced i want to be on one accord with my spouse i want to walk in unity with my spouse Lord, help me in this place. You got to learn how to read the word for yourself and get a better understanding from godly wisdom. God does not respect a person. Read it. Romans 
2 and 11 i believe it is let me let me just let me read it because y'all talking about well, that ain't word that ain't bible let me help you out romans 2 and 11 for there is no respect of persons with god so let me go back up lord help me jesus let me go back up to nine nine says tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the jew first and also of the gentile but glory somebody say but glory but glory honor and peace to every man that continues to work good to the jew first and also to the gentile for there is no respect of persons with god why because for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law for not the hearers of the law are just before god but the doers of the law shall be justified for when the gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law these having not the law are a law unto themselves which show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another in the day when god shall judge the secrets of men by jesus christ according to my gospel so once again once again i'll put that in here so y'all can have it so once again god does not respect the person and i read 9 to 16 and y'all need y'all know me read the whole read the whole about read the whole chapter but back to first corinthians 14. back to let your women keep silence in the churches because god is not the author of confusion but of peace so 35 says and if they will learn anything let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church what does that mean women we can be rude sometimes we can be loud sometimes we can be a little obnoxious sometimes we can get, listen our mouth can be the death of us our mouth can cut your whole soul why because that's just what we do <laughs> i don't know why that's just what we do right we're not gonna be disrespected you're not gonna come for us you're not gonna talk crazy you're not gonna raise your voice i got some questions and i want to know why i can't go to the club i want to know why i can't smoke them new ports i want to know why i can't just have a glass of wine what we mean what he preaching what do you mean that i gotta be i gotta be subject to you what do you mean i got to obey you listen don't act like y'all don't know 
Let's, okay, well, you know what? Let me just talk about me. That's what I did. <laughs> can I just can I just keep it real just for a second? That's what I did. That's the truth, honey. I ain't no shame in that. That's what I did. Why? Because I was unlearned. I was not taught as a child about God. I didn't go to church. Well, let me not say church. I didn't go to the house of the Lord until I was like 27 years old. I was almost 30. And then you can then being grown grown and then go to the house of the Lord and you hear them preaching what you can't do and where you can't go and how you got to act and, and all this. And I just was like, wait a minute, hold on. What kind of church is this? What's the place you done brought me to? Well, what can I do? I can't argue with you. I can't cuss you out. I can't do none of that. Wait, something, something, something is sincere. Something wrong with this. So yeah, we women in the house. Listen, I done seen some women fighting, fighting the house of the Lord. Oh, I done saw it. So some of y'all need to start acting like y'all know. Thirty six says, "What came the word of God out from you?" Or came it unto you only? I listen. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a pass on that. 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. <laughs> oh my God. If any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Is that not the word? <laughs> is that is that not what it said? What did, what did I just say? In, in 1 Corinthians 38. Because back up to 36. What here we go? What came the word of God out from you, or came it unto you only? So what you saying? Only you can receive a word. Only you can prophesy. Only you can tell me this. Only you can tell me that. It's what, what? What are we doing? And that's why it says, if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So if I'm reading you the word of God and I'm showing you this is what it is, you can either believe it or you can reject it. But if you're rejecting the word of God, then you're rejecting God. And that makes you an unbeliever. That's word. That's word. So, so if they want to be ignorant, let them be ignorant. There's a scripture that says, um, ignore all unlearned and foolish questions. That that's a whole listen, that's I'm telling y'all, that's a scripture. Let me 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 help y'all out. Let, let me let me show you. It says, avoid all foolish and unlearned questions. Let me let me help you out. Right here. I'm gonna say right back in in First Corinthians 14. But I want to show y'all this Second Timothy. Second Timothy, because some of y'all think people being, some of y'all think, some of y'all think, some of y'all, some of y'all think that we be saying it and we being funny. 
we ain't being funny because that's why that's why paul said if they want to be ignorant let them be ignorant if you're trying to tell them what is right and they don't want to hear you let them think that way don't you get don't i about said don't i, I about said don't get your panties all up in a twist don't you get all upset because they're not receiving you you speak it and move on you show it and move on if people want to believe thank you Holy Spirit. if people want to believe that women are not supposed to preach by that scripture they're ignorant because god is a god who does not lie god's word does not come back so if he say my sons and my daughters shall prophesy and my and my old men shall, shall, shall have visions and dreams look at the look at the look at deborah who was a judge and that was in the old testament so if those people want to be ignorant let them be ignorant but look at here uh second timothy 2 23 second timothy 2 and 23. so but let me let me go back up to 21. oh i love this message i listen i i know where i'm at y'all don't 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 lose me don't don't lose me don't lose me because listen this, you want you want to be balanced get in the word you want to be balanced get get in the word get in the word get in come on in the room <laughs> come on no no no. okay seriously listen second timothy chapter two and i'm gonna start at the 21st verse and i'm gonna read down the 26th and this is gonna help you listen if a man therefore purge himself from these he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work 22 flee also youthful lust but follow righteousness follow faith follow love follow peace with them that call on the lord out of a pure heart out of a pure heart 23 says but somebody let me put my little button here somebody say but 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 <laughs> but there's a but there's always a but there's always a but in a but <laughs> but foolish and unlearned questions avoid why why do you avoid it why do you need to avoid foolish and unlearned questions because god is a god of order god is a god of peace god is a god of righteousness god is a god of love but what does the word say knowing that they do gender strife what gender strife foolish and unlearned questions foolish and unlearned questions foolish and unlearned questions and the servant of the lord must not strive we're the servant of the lord so we should not strive but we need to be gentle unto all men apt to teach patience in meekness 
instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of who? Out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So just as a large house contains various utensils in God's visible church on earth, there are many vessels. There are utensils of honor. Here's the examples. Faithful believers who separate from evil and hold firmly to the true gospel according to biblical revelation and utensils of dishonor. Here's some examples of the false believers who compromise with the world and stray from the truth. Those among the faithful who desire to be useful to the master must have a sure foundation in Christ Jesus and must depart from iniquity. Thus, human instruments for noble purposes are sanctified, useful to their master and prepared to do good works. But back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, as I stated, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. 39 and 40 says, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophecy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order decently and in order listen decently and in order let me let me let me check one more thing let me because i want to go just a little bit deeper let's see just a, just a little bit just a little bit listen yeah just just a little bit listen listen to this right here now, I just read to you in 39, I want you to pay attention to 39 and 40. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Mean earnestly, desire, right? So worship is vital to the life of an individual and to the whole church. Our church services should be conducted in an orderly way so that we can worship so that we can be taught and so that we can be prepared to serve god so those who are responsible for planning worship should make sure it has order and direction rather than chaos and confusion I didn't say it, the Lord said it. I didn't say it, the Lord said it. So what do we need to do from there? Hold on, guys. 
All right, here we go. So, what do we need to do? We need to allow God to bring peace in a chaotic situation. We got to allow God to bring order in a chaotic situation. We got to allow God to be peace, to be order, in order to have balance. Why? Because when you are dealing with an unbeliever who rejects the right teaching, you have to understand what um, Second Timothy just said. We got to be kind. We got to use love. We got to use the right utensils for the unbeliever. And what is the, the, the right utensils? The right utensils is, let me help you out. The right utensils is Galatians chapter 5. The right utensils. Let me put that in here. The right utensils. I'm almost done. Y'all bear with me. The right utensils is Galatians. Five twenty-two through twenty-six. The right utensils is as follows: love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust so if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit 26 says let us not be desirous of vainglory provoking one another envying one another So the right utensils is in Galatians 5, 22 through 26. You need the fruit of the spirit. How do, how do, how do I bring balance? How do I bring balance? You need how do I bring balance? You need the fruit of the spirit. That's how you bring balance to your marriage when you are married to someone that's an unbeliever, when you are married to someone that they might've believed in the beginning and then it shifted. But in order to bring balance, you must also have God and a relationship with him. So that, because if Galatians chapter six, tell us in verse one, Oh Lord, y'all need to y'all need to go. Y'all, y'all, I want everybody. My husband had us to study this. 
when he first came to, when he first became a pastor. I, I need y'all to hear me and hear me well. When my husband, and what time is, okay, I have a few more minutes and I'm done. Listen, when my husband became a pastor in 2007, okay, he made all of us, and I did say make, he made every leader and every person in that church in the house of god to study he preached from galatians chapter six for about six months i kid you not he literally hear me literally preached this law of christ for six months because his purpose was to let us know that nothing is about us, but everything is about God. Whether you have a failing marriage, whether you have failing in finances, whether you're failing with your children, whether you're failing with your ministry, you must put God first in everything that you do. But outside of that, you must be over. You must, you must, you must have meekness. You must have love you can't listen what you reap is what you sow you need galatians chapter six you need it you need galatians chapter six listen brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault you which are spiritual and i just read to you our hey bishop I just read to <laughs> I just read to you all in Second Timothy where it says if you say that what what hold on let me let me let me let me go back to, let me, Lord help Lord help me you know what it, it's not many of you on here but I I feel a pull and when Scripture downloads to me like this that means somebody's pulling on me and I feel it I, I do I feel it but listen. When it just said here, if you are the servant of the Lord, you must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness. So right here, Paul uh, in Galatians, Paul is saying, if you say that you are spiritual, but your brother has been taken, been overtaken in a fault, and you say that you are spiritual, you are to restore such a one in what the spirit of meekness considering yourself lest you also be tempted bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing he deceiveth himself that's why paul said uh, uh, uh over in romans he, he said it if they were to be ignorant let them be ignorant but if you are spiritual and you have a spirit of meekness help them help show them but let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for every man shall bear his own burden let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things and what did it say over here in timothy to the acknowledging of the truth to apt to teach, to be patient. 
but you can't but you you got to come lord have mercy help me jesus let me let me do this let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that continue to teach in all good things be not deceived god is not mocked be not deceived god is not mocked be not deceived god is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting and let us not let me let you let them but let us not be weary and well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not so as we have therefore opportunity we should always have an opportunity to help somebody we should always have an opportunity to help our wife we should always have an opportunity to help our husband we should always have an opportunity to balance out each other you can't be like this husbands you can't be like this wives you can't be like this fiancés you can't be an, you can't be unequally yoked unless you are unless you have a sure foundation of the gospel of christ that nothing will separate you from the love of god that no matter what that unbeliever does you want to love him until you bring him out of darkness until you love her until you bring her out of darkness and bring them to the ultimate light which is jesus christ salvation is real but it's also free salvation is a struggle but it's also free it's it, it, listen salvation is unbearable but it's doable you have to make a choice that's why when i put this in here when i said your scale is unbalanced and i put in parentheses of that your is o-u-r what's o-u-r our because of both of if, if if you husband and you wife or you you're needing your marriage to be strengthened you need your marriage to be enhanced you need your marriage to be healed. You need your marriage to be whole. You need your marriage to be on one accord. You need your marriage to, to for you and your wife or you and your other can walk in unity. You got to receive this together. You got to want to do it together. But if you are married to an unbeliever and you have a sure foundation of Jesus Christ, you can't stop praying. You can't stop fasting. You can't stop reading the word of God. You can't stop seeking the Lord every day. You can't lose your faith. You can't lose your desire. And more importantly, don't lose your love. Because when you are seeking Christ diligently, and you're not acting a fool like them. You're not acting ignorant like them. You're not acting crazy like them. You're not doing what they are doing. But you're holding on to God. You're holding on to God. 
You're holding on to the word. You're holding on to that sure foundation of Jesus Christ, the gospel of peace, the gospel of righteousness, the gospel of holiness, the gospel. God is a God of order. And let us do all things decent and in order. And when you see chaos, when you see confusion, when havoc is all around you, you got to be able to speak to the storm so that storm will stop. Listen, as we have the opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Here's that key word, especially unto them who are of the household of faith, especially to your wife, especially to your husband, especially to your marriage, especially. Jesus has always asked in the word, do you want to be made whole? He told the man that was at the pool of Bethesda, what's stopping you from getting in? Stop using excuses and just get in. Stop finding fault in them and just get in. Not get in where you can fit in. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, check this out. When the man picked up his bed and walked because he was healed, his friends brought him to the house where Jesus was at. So he had to get in where he could fit in. So when they couldn't come in through the front door, they came in through the roof. Lord, help me, Jesus. When you can't come in through the front door, come in through the roof. When you can't come in through the roof, come in through the window. But get to Jesus while you therefore have an opportunity to bring balance, to have balance, to be balanced. Because God is not the author of confusion, but he's a God of peace. And he wants the wife to have peace. He wants the husband to have peace. But then you got to ask yourself, what do you want? What do you want? Because if you want it, you can have it. But you got to go about it the right way. You got to go about it the right way. I'm done. I'm done. I, I am done. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. And I thank God for, I thank God for God. I thank God for my life. I thank God for my health. I thank God for my strength. I thank God for the word of God. I thank God that he saved me. He sanctified me. He, he purified me. He cleansed me. He, 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 he saved me. My salvation is very important to me. And I don't risk it for anybody. And just like the word of God say, you can't be an, an unbeliever is those of, of are those who are of the world you can't be in business with an unbeliever you can't be in partnership with an unbeliever you, you just can't but if you don't have a choice you must be the light in that dark place because why because on our jobs everybody is not a believer lord i thank you lord help me jesus 
Everybody on your job is not a believer. Everybody you hang out with is not a believer. So how can truth walk with with how can truth walk with lies? How can good walk with evil? You can't. You're not walking together. It's going to cause war. It's going to cause chaos. It's going to cause confusion. You must be careful who you connect with, who you're connected to. But we should still, because of the love of Christ that we have, we should still be respectful. We don't have to cuss the people out that doesn't believe in the Lord. We ain't got to be mean to them because they choose to, to, to serve another God. We don't have to do all that. We continue to show the love of Christ. And if those other people chooses to walk away from us when we make a mistake and they don't do the word, Galatians 6, there's a lot of preachers that have separated themselves from us because of who was attached to us. We didn't, we didn't do any wrong. We didn't do nothing wrong. But because of who we were associated with, they dis, they they removed themselves from us. That's not godly. It's still God, but that's not a godly behavior. You're supposed to help restore, find out what the issue is. Can we talk about it? And it's more importantly done. It's supposed to be more importantly done in marriages. And this is why I say when I do this, if this message is not for you, scroll on through. But don't hinder somebody who needs the truth, who needs the word of God, who needs, who needs to hear transparency, who needs to understand that they're not alone. You are not alone. Yes, I'm talking to you, that individual that may be watching from the background. You're not alone. Don't be embarrassed of where you are. Seek right godly advice. Seek the help while you have a chance to seek help for and from. You're not alone. God sees you. He hears your cries. He knows your heart. He just wants you to reach out and to get what you need. Don't listen to the false teachers. Don't listen to those false prophets. Don't listen to those people that's telling you, you don't need to do all of that. It doesn't take all of that. Honey, leave him. Man, leave her. When you know that's not what your heart is wanting to do. When you know that's not what your heart is saying. But you're right. Lord, help me, Jesus. You're right. You don't have to put up with it. You sure do not. You do have value. You are worth husband, wife, fiance, whomever you are. You have value. The Lord loves you. But you got to trust him. You got to have faith in him. You don't you don't have to walk this thing through alone. You just got to believe. You lost some faith along the way. That's because you've lost yourself inside that relationship. You've lost yourself in that marriage. You've lost yourself in the wrong thing. But God is still there. And he still wants to help you. Giving up is not an option, but giving in will bring you in. Giving up is not an option, but giving in will bring you in. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Giving up is not an option, but giving in will bring you in. 
when you are discussing what's happening, you don't have to go into great detail. You speak to the point, you receive what you need, you go on in God. For the unbeliever, yeah, I hear you. I hear you in the spirit realm. I hear you. I want to do right. I'm trying to do right. I don't want to be this person. I, I want to be what, what if, 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 if this is what God wants me, I want to do that. But it's, it's hard. You're right. It is hard. It is hard. But with God, all things are possible. But without him, you can do nothing. The first step is to take the step. The first step is to take the step. The first step is to take the step. The leap of faith. Peter didn't know he could walk on water until he asked the Lord, can I come to where you are? And Jesus said one word, come. And Peter came and he was walking on water. But when it got a little rough, he lost focus and began to sink. But, he, but Peter's words were, Jesus saved me. And even though Jesus said, what hindered you? Where did you lose faith at? But he still pulled him up to surface. And they walked back on the water to get back to the other side or to get back to the boat or wherever we go. I don't remember. But my point is this. When you recognize where you are, when you recognize what you're doing, when you are honest within yourself, Jesus will come. He will reach out his hand to you. And he'll bring you in to bring you out. Amen. Amen. So I thank you all for tuning in. God bless you. May the Lord keep you. Lord God, I thank you for the word on today. God, I thank you. I thank you for using me for such a time as this. God, I thank you for using me as your vessel to pour out into your people. Lord God, don't allow those that are, are that are, um, not a believer allow them to give them a chance an opportunity to become a believer Lord God give them wisdom knowledge and understanding of where they are and, and what they're doing and what's happening around them Lord God God help them to read the word for themselves show them the way Lord God give them give them a sign give them vision give them a dream Lord God Send somebody their way, Lord God, that will speak life into their life, speak life into their marriage, speak life into their relationship, Lord God. God, on today, some might have made some bad decisions, Lord God, because of whatever that's going on in their mind, whatever's going on in their spirit, Lord God. But God, even in that, give them peace, give them comfort. Let them know, Lord God, that you hear the cries of their heart. God, let them know that you, you know their thoughts. Let them know that you know every strand of hair that is on their head. Let them know that you care for them, God. Let them know that they're not alone. God, allow them to feel your presence. Let somebody come from somewhere. Let them see a sign to help them just to go a little farther down the road. 
And Lord God, be a mind regulator and a heart fixer. Lord God, create in them a clean heart and renew the right spirit within them, Lord God. God, allow them to purge themselves. Allow them to go through a cleansing process, Lord God. Allow, let them be whom you called them to be from the beginning, Lord God. Your, your, your original intent for their life, Lord God. God, someone is struggling to be a wife. Somebody is struggling to be a husband. Lord God, bring, bring order to their household. Bring order to their marriage, Lord God. Allow them to line up, Lord God. Help them to seek you out while you are still yet to be found, Lord God. So God, I thank you for today because this is the day that you have made and continue to allow us to rejoice in it, Lord God. Turn our frowns upside down, Lord God. Let us smile, God. Turn our sadness into joy. Turn our hate into love. Turn our disbelief into belief. Turn the unholy into holy. God, bring about a change in their marriage. Bring about a change in their relationship, Lord God. Bring about a change, Lord God. Allow their minds to be changed, Lord God. So God, we thank you for the message. You're, you're unbalanced. And you need to be balanced. Our marriage is unbalanced. And it needs to be balanced. We need to be on the same page. Help them, Lord God, to be on the same page. I bind up the spirit of suicide in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind up the spirit of depression in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind up that spirit of hopelessness in the mighty name of Jesus. And I speak peace to your mind. I speak peace to your heart. I decree it and I declare it that you shall live and not die. So God, I thank you on today for using me for such a time as this. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name I pray, we pray, and we all say, amen. Amen. If it's the Lord's will, I'll be on here again on tomorrow at 12 noon. Tomorrow it will be at 12 noon. Tomorrow I will be on here tomorrow at 12 noon. Amen. So may the Lord keep you. May the Lord guide you. May the Lord help you and encourage you. Know that I love you and God loves you more. Thank you for tuning into when I do. Turns into I don't. The Wows of the Vows Marriage Ministry. Y'all have a good evening. <laughs>